Okay, well, I'm not pulling out of my driveway, but it still is time for drive to work. So my daughter, Sarah, forgot her glasses, and I had to go to school and give her her glasses. So today's drive to work didn't work out quite the way I planned. So I thought maybe the topic of today's drive to work is a set that didn't work out quite the way it was planned. Uh, I often talk about sets that I've designed that made it to print. But there is one set that I designed, and I mean designed completely. I, I finished the design that didn't see print. And that set was unglued too. Okay, now, let me explain um, for those that might be confused. So unglued came out back in uh, 97, 98. Um, and it came out to a lot of fanfare. People were very excited. It was something new and different we, we hadn't done before. Um, but, uh, and so we decided, because the set hadn't come out yet, that, they go, oh, this is a, a, a smash it. Let's make another one. So they, right away, before the first one even came out, we started doing work on the second one. Um, and what happened was, for those that don't know, unglued... We had a bad habit back in the day of not understanding uh, our print sizes correctly and, and misgaging things. And for a while, we were really good at printing way too much. And the problem is, um, if you print way too much, it doesn't matter if it's successful. If you overprint something, it starts becoming not successful because you have material that you've printed but aren't sold, which is a negative cost. Anyway, unglued, too much unglued got printed. Um, it just... I think we, today we have a much better understanding of like who the audience and how big it's supposed to be. But back in the day, everything was like, this will be another smash hit. And people didn't get that the unsets, you know, have a niche audience, much like our supplemental products. But they're not, you know, not everybody wants to play it. It's something that's for a subset of the audience, not the whole audience. Anyway, uh, it got overprinted, didn't do that well, comparatively because of the overprinting. And so the set ended up getting put on hiatus and never made um, but I want to talk about this design of the set today because I actually designed a whole set. Um, and some of it would later get used in Unhinged, which is the second unset. Um, but, but once again, I'm not talking about Unhinged today. I'm talking about Unglued 2. Um, in fact, our, our working name for it was Unglued 2, the obligatory sequel. That was, I mean, I, I don't know if we actually would have called it that, but that was what we were tentatively calling it. Um, so there's a couple things that I learned from Unglued that I wanted to apply to Unglued 2. Interestingly, some of them did not get applied to Unhinged. Um, but, so one of the things that I liked about Unglued was that it had a theme to it, uh, which was this chicken theme. But the chicken theme in Unglued kind of got layered on near the end. It was something that was meant as a smaller theme that kind of ended up being a little bit of a bigger theme. But, but it wasn't that big a theme, you know, for all the, the chickens. I mean, the, maybe there's 15 cards in Unglued that reference chickens or have a chicken on it or... You know, there was not, there, for as much as, as, you know, trying to have a chicken theme, it, it didn't, it was a pretty minor thing. And so I decided on the second one, I wanted a theme that was a little more pervasive. So what, what, what comedy theme did I choose? Um, I chose animated vegetables. Animated vegetables, you say? Uh, yes, yes I did. Uh, and so one of the things I did is we had this vegetable theme, um, and the vegetables, I, I said to the artists, um, hide a vegetable in your artwork. So the idea was every single piece of art for um, Unglued 2 had a piece of, of a, a vegetable hidden in the artwork. Now the fun part of this is, some of the art from un, uh, Unglued 2, 
And by the way, all we 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 got went so far that the art was done. You know, like the cards were very very. I, mean, like, I was done with the design file. We had gotten all the art in. We hadn't laid the cards out yet. Um, and, and in onsets, that's a, a much more complex process because normal sets you get the art and just you plunk them in the borders and they, you know they go where the art goes. But in onsets, the art breaks the borders. A lot of them have treatments to how it looks. You know that the card frame could be you know, busted or split or someone's knocked out of it or all sorts of things can happen. And so we hadn't gotten to that part, but we did have all the art. So some of the art from Unglued, too, got used in Unhinged. Uh, and the funny thing is, not, not all the art, but if you look, there's a few Unhinged cards that have, like, vegetables hidden in the art, which makes no sense out of context. But if you ever wonder, if you ever find a spare carrot or something, that is what's going on. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to do in Unglued 2 was I wanted to sort of have a little more themes than I did in Unglued. Um, and I, I knew right off the bat what I wanted to do. Um, I, if, if this is not a well-known fact, uh, was always a big fan of Poison. And what happened was I got to Wizards. Um, I believe that I, I was here for Alliances, which I think had one Poison card in it. I was here for Mirage, which had one poison card in it. And I was here for Visions, which had one poison card in it. And after Visions, it was decided, eh, we're not going to do poison. It's just not worth it. And I thought that was a bad idea. I like poison. I'm a big fan of poison. And obviously, many, many, many years later, Scars of Mirrodin, I would bring poison back. Um, but that was not my first attempt to bring poison back. My first attempt to bring poison back was Unglued 2. So at the time, I thought, like, okay, we're not willing to do poison. Fine. That's perfect for silver bordered set. It's something we won't do in black bordered magic. Um, and I had this idea of animated vegetables. And so I mixed them together. And the idea was the animated vegetables were all creatures of poison. Um, and I, in my head, I, you know, some ad campaign, like, you know, not all vegetables are good for you. You know, something, something like that. Um, and so... Uh, so we had, like, for example, I try to remember, and clearly they were all puns because it was unglued and I was doing it. Uh, so, like, there was Mad Beatdown, which was, like, these beats with spears running down a hill. Uh, there was Rutabaga of the Night, which was a parody of Spirit of the Night. There was Celery Stalker. There was, um, well, they were all like this. They were all, uh, and then and then one of my favorites is one of them, uh, all of them were animated, except one of them was just called Broccoli, and it literally was a plate with a piece of broccoli on it. Uh, and I, that, that tickled me to no end. Uh, I don't know how that would have played in the real world, but it tickled me to no end. Um, that uh, Broccoli was so dangerous, it didn't even need to be animated. Um, okay, so I had my poison vegetables, uh, and the idea essentially was they, they worked like poisonous, uh, in Future Sight, the mechanic Poisonous, I, I think it's where Poisonous first came from, um, is I think I... I'm not sure if I called it Poisonous. I, I basically, is they would do so much poison if they hit you. Um, and I think instead of doing the unblock thing... So there's a card called uh, Swamp Mosquito in, I think, Alliances, where if you don't block it. It's a zero-power creature, but if you don't block it, it does poison. Um, these were, no, 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 like, if I hit you, I do so much poison. Um, it's like, don't let them hit you. I, I thought the flavor was better than, uh, if you don't block, it does it. It, it felt a little weird to me. Um, 
And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the early version of Poisonous. When I did Poisonous Feature Site, like, I was, I was thinking Unglue 2. Um, let's see a second. I'll take a drink. Back in my days of, of communication school, one of the things they taught us is when you do um, verbal stuff, uh, you know, audio type things, uh, they stress that you always need to drink a lot of water. And not, not sugary drinks or not things that will coat your throat. Um, but anyway, as I, as I drive, I'm trying to keep my, my voice lubricated so that I can, I can continue to talk for 30 minutes. Which is, uh, anyway, uh, I, I'll, let's stay on and glue too, drifting off here. Okay, so, um, so we had the poison theme, and we had all the poison vegetables. Um, then, um, the other thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to riff off of things from the first unglued. So the most popular um, card in unglued... So we do what we call Godbook Studies, which means we do um, market research, we take people and we show them cards in the set, and we, we have them rank all the cards. What do you think of this card? What do you think of that card? You know, and, and do you like the name of this card? Do you like the flavor text? Do you like the mechanics? So the card that did the best in the Godbook Study for unglued was... Actually, it was two cards. Uh, it was BFM, left half and right half. They were number one and two. That's my favorite, by the way, that the market research people listed them as two cards. You know. Uh, anyway, the, the, one of the funny things about the market research is uh, for a long time we used some services, and the people who did it uh, didn't really know magic, so they would just look at things. So, for example, in the guidebook study for Unglue 2, the, um, the lowest card was Blacker Lotus, and the second lowest card was Chaos Confetti. Now, Blacker Lotus was um, a card in which it's zero mana cost. You sack it for four mana, but you have to rip it up. It's like better than Black Lotus, but it's only usable once. Uh, and the Chaos Confetti, you ripped it into shreds and you threw it and whatever the pieces fell. It was like Chaos Orb, but you made confetti out of it, which is based on like a magic urban legend. Um, anyway, that's the bottom one and two of Unglued. And the, the note they have is, we can't, we've found no correlative evidence for why these are the bottom two cards. You know, like, people like the name for Chaos Confetti, but they don't like, you know, like, like you know, it's like, hmm, why are the only two cards you rip up the bottom two cards? So, that, so we decided then and there uh, not to do um, rip-up cards, um, which is funny because I actually made a rip-up card uh, called Iron Man that was a good creature, but when he, if he ever died, you ripped him up. So if the game ended, he was in play, you're fine. But if he ever went to the graveyard, you ripped him up. Um, it was based on this, I don't know if people know this, but there's a, a, a format called Iron Man Magic, where the way it works is, whenever a, a card goes to the graveyard, instead of going to the graveyard, it's just ripped up. Uh, so the idea is, you know, anything you play in this format could just be demolished. Uh, and spells are instantaneously demolished. You cast them and rip them up. And creatures, if they survive, they survive. But uh, if they die, you rip them up. So I had a card called Iron Man that when it went to the graveyard, you ripped up. Uh, but anyway, that one didn't get made. The other thing that the, uh, the Godbook study did, uh, dice rolling cards did poorly. Um, I, I don't know. That, that's always the ones that I... I so I, because of that, we ended up not doing dice rolling in either Unglued 2 or in Unhinged. Um, I'm a little dubious in retrospect. I, I, I think... I don't know. I... 
I think I think players have a love hate relationship with dice. Well, one of these days, I'll do my random. I, I need to do a podcast on on randomness. I did a whole article on it, but it's it's a really interesting topic, and I will talk about it one of these days. Maybe one of these days soon. Anyway, um, okay. So uh, the most popular card was BFM, and so I'm like, okay, well, what? How do we riff up BFM? So. First, I explored the idea of a card that required more than two cards. You know, what if it required four cards or three cards? Or, um, but the problem I had was it was hard enough to get two cards out. Like what? And it was a ninety-nine, ninety-nine. Like what? What was it going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like what? Like I, I don't know. I, I just felt like yeah, it'd be harder to get out. But BFM was already really hard to get out. I, I didn't feel like there was much more of a challenge to make. So I said, okay, let's go the opposite direction. I said, okay, instead of having one card that's so big it's on two cards, what if you have one card that's so little that two of them fit on one card? And so I said, okay, well, what do you do with that? What do you do with a card when you have two cards and one card? And I said, well, the obvious choice is you can choose. It could be either card. And this is how split cards got made in Unglue 2. Uh, is me trying to riff up BFM. So what happened was I thought they were pretty cool. Because of the frame treatment, I thought they were out there enough that I'm like, okay, we can do this in Silver Border. I mean, it's two cards and one card. That's pretty weird. I mean, we, we never do that in Black Border Magic. Um, and so we, um, I made, I, I, the funny thing is they weren't silly at all. They were actually, uh, I, when we made them, they were very straightforward. Now, I hadn't yet gotten the, the naming convention, the blank and blank. Uh, that would happen during Invasion when we actually did the cards. And creative just named them with like normal names and it didn't have any cohesion as a card uh, and that's when I came up with a blank and blank convention for naming uh, anyway but uh, yeah, these are pretty normal I mean it's funny one of the things I've realized looking back at previous unsets um, you know, unglued and unhinged and unglued do uh, is that um, there's different kinds of cards in it and one of the cards I call it's what I'll call cube cards which is there's something about it that's weird that makes it silver border, but, um, you know, it, it, there's some, they're normal enough cards that you can throw them in a cube. They work fine. They're not silly. They're just, you know, like, I know probably one of the most popular cube cards is from Unhinge is the split split card. So even though Unglue didn't get made, split cards got made, and then Unhinge did a split split card. With a split, it's actually five cards. It, it's a split. It's a split card with two split cards, and then one of that split card is split to split card, allowing me to get all five colors of magic under one card. Uh, who, what, why, when, where? It's called. Um, and that card I know is very, very popular in cubes because it's quirky looking, you know. But it's just a card that has five uses and, and five different colors, and it's very functional. Um, another one I know people like a lot uh, is Blast from the Past, which was the origin of the mix and match cards, also from Unhinged, uh, where it has buyback and flashback and kicker and uh, maybe madness? Anyway, it had a whole bunch of abilities that were all, that went on spells and it allowed you to mix and match them and do neat things. And the card is a little complex um, and the reason it was in the unsets was, you know, we're not, at least I thought at the time, we're stuck on the set where I could take four or five mechanics from the past and put them on one card. So I felt justified putting them in Silver Bordered. Um, but uh, that card gets played in cube all the time. Anyway, uh, so the split cards were, were kind of like that. I, I made them to be kind of fun and functional and not very quirky. Um, so what else did Unglue 2 do? Um, 
I mean, Unglue Tutor, there's a bunch of cards that end up in on hands, like Booster Tutor uh, came about in Unglue 2. Um, the idea was, I was very interested in, um, uh, I was trying, one of the things that I, uh, I, I messed around a lot with Unglue 2 that you would see me doing more on hinge is saying, let me take uh, something you know that's just a magic thing and just push it one more level. Um, so, for example, um, you know, Demonic Tutor, the original tutor in Alpha, you went into your library and got a card. Okay. Um, and then, um, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, we did Wishes, right, where you went outside the game and you got a card. You went to your sideboard or your collection. So I was like, okay, okay, let's go farther. You know, part of, part of the unsets is go farther. Like, okay, what can I get? Well, it's, it's not in my deck. It's not even in my collection. I go, whoa, I got to go get a booster pack. You know, and the idea was you'd be playing in the store and you had to like, booster tutor, you go buy a booster tutor, sit down and open it up. In fact, the art for booster tutor, the original one, the one on Blue 2, took place in a shop. Um, but we couldn't, you, even though the art was really good, all the product was dated at the time. Like, one of my problems is some of the cards I made, not that the cards weren't funny, but they just got dated quick. For, I'll give you some examples. Um, so there was a card in Unglue 2 called Bob from Accounting and one called Poodle Boy. Now, how old-time magic are you? Do you recognize those references? Uh, we did a series of commercials, what I will dub the best magic commercials, uh, 15 years ago. Uh, I mean, around the time of, of, of this set, that we're making the set. And uh, one of the things is uh, they're testing... Uh, what are they testing? An org or something? And... They send in a goblin, but the org just deals with the goblin right away or something. So they go, oh, okay, send in Bob from accounting. And Bob, like, walks in, and it turns around, there's this giant org there, and he screams, and, like, uh, and then they, and you cut to them watching, and they make some comment about how Bob's not doing too well. Uh, and then Poodle Boy was a commercial in which they, um, uh, they're making fun of, of the talking about Visidrix. So they, they showed, like, putting a bunny in, and a chainsaw, and something else and a wrestler maybe and then out came Visitrix like you, it mixed things together and it made you know from these from a wrestler and a bunny and a chainsaw you got Visitrix which was this crazy bunny thing from back then if people don't know the card um, and so uh, at the joke at the end was that the guy delivered in the mail was Poodle Boy this, obviously this experiment didn't work quite as well as Visitrix um, so anyway Poodle Boy and uh, Bob from Accounting were in the set um, like I said, I, I have art for them and everything. Um, one of these days, maybe I'll do an article where I show you all the art we didn't use from Unglue 2 and talk about what they all were. That might be a good article. Um, okay, so uh, what else did I do that was outdated? Oh, so the other thing I did was I used some magic slang. So um, back in the day, uh, it shows, shows the slang. So uh, they used to call... Um, any aura that beefed up a creature's toughness, they would call it pants, and sometimes they would call it fat pants, because um, uh, I think fatties are still around, so that, you know, can, can uh, Nagel loves the fatties. Um, so the term fat pants meant you beefed it up, and so there also was a magic sling at a time where you used some to mean very. Uh, so like, I have some match we played. Uh, and anyway, so I made a card that was called Some Fat Pants, and what it was was it was it was it was an entire army inside a single giant pair of pants. They are done by I would say Phil Folio, but we was Claymore J Flapdoodle. Um, 
Anyway, the entire army was in one pair of pants. It was called some fat pants. Uh, but that joke just didn't make it. Once the slang was gone, um, I'm just finding, I think Unhinged made Mize, which was uh, slang that also kind of fallen by the wayside. Um, but uh, it's funny watching Magic Slang. I mean, that's another whole topic for a podcast. It's just talking about different phraseology. Phraseology is my, is my music man showing. Okay, um, what other cards? Let's see. What other cards did I make that uh, never some relative day? Um, uh, oh, I made a cycle of gins that all had puns in them. Uh, there was, let's see if I remember them. The cotton gin was the white one. The hydrogen was the blue one. The rummy gin was the black one. Is that right? No, no, the slow gin was the black one. The rummy gin was the red one. And the slim gin was the green one. And they actually were messing around with caring about colors. Uh, Invasion also... I'm not sure why they were in Unhinged. I'm looking back. They had puns in their names, but their mechanics... They were cards that got better if you had a majority of a certain color. And we ended up using that mechanic in Invasion as well. And I'm sure, in retrospect, I'm not sure why they... I mean, I like the puns, but I'm not sure why they were there. Oh, the other one I did is... Um, some of the stuff was just people gave me puns I thought were funny. So one of the things I thought was very funny was... I had a chicken theme in the first set. And so somebody loved the chicken theme and said... Hey, next time you do an onset, you should do a card called Bantam of the Opera. Which was a chicken dressed like Phantom of the Opera. Um, and we did that. So uh, there also was a card called Tequila Mockingbird. Uh, which showed a mockingbird in a bar. Which is funny, by the way, because... Um, for a long, long time, we've not shown, um, you know, uh, tobacco or alcohol. We don't show those in cards. Um, and so it's kind of fun. Oh, Tainted Monkey. Tainted Monkey from Unhinged was actually a card in Unglued 2. It's a different name. I don't remember. Like it was Monkey Seer or something. Because um, if you're asking, why was there a monkey that's a fortune teller? Uh, I think I liked the art. There it was awesome. Although if you notice, by the way, right by his foot, there's smoke coming out his foot. And that's because he was smoking a cigar, and we had to take out the cigar. Um, so, um, but I loved the art, so we ended up making Tainted Monkey. Um, I think what other ones... There's a card called Dolphin Boy. That, that, uh, it's, the thing about Unglue 2 is funny is that um, I was definitely having a lot of fun with just coming up with crazy things. Like I said, some of it... I'm trying to remember how much got into Unhinged. Some of them got Unhinged. Um, oh, Granny's Payback. In, in fact, there were five cards that we did um, a promo for, one of each color, uh, of which Mize was one of them, Booster Tutor was one, Granny's Payback. Uh, four of those five, not Mize, um, four of those five were... Um, Cards that I'd used in the original Unglue 2 that we reused, but we redid the art. But we had art for them. So in the alternate, the, uh, we made alternate cards for uh, some promotional thing. But we had the art, and that's one of the reasons like we already had the art, so we made the promotion. So like I think you see the original Booster Tutor, Tutor's art in that. You see Granny's Payback's original art. Um, also, by the way, I think on Mize, you see the dogs playing poker. Now, that I made a card called Poker Table, um, in which you had to use your cards as if a hand of poker, and converted mana cost was the number, and um, 
your mana symbol was, your, your color was your suit. And you were making poker hands using your magic cards. Um, anyway, the all, most awesome thing about that whole thing was we got that piece of art, which is Dog Playing Magic, which is one of my favorite pieces of art made for Unglue 2. Um, we ended up finding a home for it in a promo card for... Um, I just couldn't... I, I, I tried... I, I decided the poker table card wasn't that good, so I ended up not using it in Unhinged. But I love that art, so we just tried to find a home for the art. But it's tricky because it's dogs playing magic, so... Um, it is finding the right spot for that was tricky. Um, trying to, it's funny. The uh, so oh, real quickly, let me tell the story. I, I guess I, I'm talking about the making of Unglue too, but let me tell a little bit about how I discovered that it wasn't going to see the light of day. So what happened was I had finished the file, I designed all the cards, we had commissioned the art. Um, and in fact, Jesper Mirforce, the original art director, was back in R and D at the time. He had left and he came back. And he was there during the period of time where we were doing Unglue 2. So he was the art director. Uh, Jesper Mirafors was the art director for Unglue 2. Um, and um, so we had the art made. The art came back. And I, like I said, I have... Oh, here's something we did. I completely forgot. Okay. See, this is the fun of doing the card thing. Uh, a crazy thing that we were going to do was scratch off cards. I completely forgot about that. So I was thinking ahead of the different visual art. Um, and so the idea was we were testing the idea of having cards that would have three lines, and you'd scratch it off, and you'd see what it did. And then, to keep you from knowing exactly what was going on, we would make multiple versions of the card, so there were alternate versions that all looked the same, but that way, once you scratched off one line, you didn't necessarily know what the other two lines were, although once you scratched off two lines, you knew. Um, but we set it up so, like, you know, there might have been ten copies, and you know, the first line on half of them was one, the other half was another, and mixed them up so that there was variety. But you know, if you scratched off and the top one was the same line, there was more than one card that did that, so you didn't necessarily know the other two. Um, and they were all themed as scratch-off tickets, like like lottery tickets and stuff. And they all had all the cards, all the art were done as if they were scratch-off tickets. Um, and the interesting thing about that is we did some tests on that. Um, but it's funny. One of the downfalls is the fact that you kind of knew once you scratched off the second one what the third one was uh, was always kind of like a little sad. Like I, I love the idea of what's going to happen. I have no idea. Oh, what's going to happen? And you do something. Um, and that was across all the colors. Um, anyway, anyway, so another thing we didn't go to. Uh, anyway, so the art to come back. We were just about to start to do the f- design framework. So one of the things about unsets in general is um, the layout time of making the art. Normally what happens in Magic is you get you know, the text, you get the art, you get the name and everything, and then you know, the editors put them in place and they, they just plunk in. You know, the, the people who lay them out, it's, literally it's a program, they plunk them in. And then they have to go back and look at them and make sure they're right, but most of it's automated. Unsets are not automated. Unsets are done hand by hand, I mean, card by card. So you have to lay, the way it would work is um, the person would lay them out, and then the guy who's the graphic designer, and then we would come back, and you know the art director would give notes, and I, the R&D person, would give notes, and you know it'd be a bunch of notes sort of to find the card to slowly get it spelled out because there are a lot of jokes and layers and just different things we're trying to do. And if you look at the uncards, there's a lot of attention that goes on to each one. Um, in fact, there's a great article. The guy that did the layout for Unhinged did an article talking about that. Uh, and he talked about a lot of the little tiny teasers and little Easter eggs he put in. It's a really cool article. I forget his name. But if you look under Unhinged 
and layout, maybe you'll find it. Um, anyway, so what happened was, um, uh, the art came in, we were about to start the layout process, which is a long process. So, I mean, when I say we were far along, we were far along, but we weren't, we had a, we had a ways to go. It wasn't quite done yet. Um, so anyway, Tyler Bielman, who would later go on to be an R&D at the time, in fact, real quickly, I'll, I'll tell the, the, the abbreviated Tyler story. So Tyler started as a marketing person, uh, uh, in fact, a freelance salesperson. And in fact, I was working on the duels as the, um, I was working on the duels as the uh, editor in chief. And uh, uh, Tyler and his, his partner Mark, uh, Mark Jessup, both of which would come to work for Wizards eventually, uh, came in to pitch ideas for for the duels for ads. And I didn't like these pitches, and I remember the meeting, I'm like, yeah, I don't like any of those. And like, that was my first meeting with Tyler, was like just shooting down all the stuff that I'm sure they worked very hard on. Um, but both Mark and Tyler would end up working at Wizards. Tyler started in the brand team, Mark would go work in the marketing team. In fact, Mark was, Mark was in uh, doing advertising and stuff for a long, long time. He left a couple years ago, but he was there a long time. Tyler then, after he left brand, would come to R&D, and I worked closely with Tyler. He ran the creative team for a while, and Tyler and I, along with Brady, uh, were very instrumental in putting together the world of Mirrodin. Um, and so, and, and Tyler was on the design team for Mirrodin. Um, anyway, Tyler was definitely on a bunch of sets. He did some design work. Anyway, at the, this was when Tyler was in Brand. So Tyler was the one sent down to me. He was like the junior member of Brand, I believe. And Tyler's like, Mark, we need to talk. Uh, and it, it's like, he said, um, uh, I forget. Basically, he like said that they're, they're putting this on hiatus. And now I came from Hollywood, right? So in Hollywood, when you're on hiatus, hiatus means it's gone. Um, and so he was trying to sort of, I don't know, let me down. But the second he used the word hiatus, I knew it was dead. Like the second he used the word hiatus, I'm like, oh, you're killing it, you know. And, and, and he was like trying to soft pedal and say, well, and I'm like, you're killing, it, right? And, and he's like. Yeah, not a, look, if you're killing it, tell me you're killing it. And I go, don't use fancy words, you know, hiatus. I'm from Hollywood. I know what hiatus means. We're not doing this, right? And he's like, yeah, we're not going to do it. Um, and thus got dashed to the rocks, unglued to. Um, like I said, I salvaged a bunch of for Unhinged. I think when I do my Unhinged one, I'll, I'll take a look so I have a little more knowledge of what I... When I do the Unhinged uh, podcast, I, I will try to do, I'll do a little research to talk about what I stole from unglued to. Um, and like I said, maybe I'll do an article on Ungle 2 one of these days. I, there's a lot of art that's, that's fun to look at that I don't think is going anywhere else. Hey, Bob from accounting. Um, but anyway, that is the story of Ungle 2, the set that I made that never made it to print. Um, so anyway, I'm glad you were here today. I, I stayed in my parking lot a little extra because I, I, I know I stole some time in the beginning. and I wanted to get your full, your full podcast out, out, out of me. So anyway... Uh, thanks for listening today, and uh, I guess it's time to go make the magic.